everybody, welcome to another episode of the Core of Capes, where your favorite judges discuss, rate, and rank hero content. Live action, animation, and anime, as we're doing today. I, Judge Shelton, the Kingslayer, let's be that way, Kingslayer and Renegade, alongside with my fellow judges, are going to discuss Code Geass. Season 2, Episodes 8 through 13, and what a hit to the heart it is. Oh my gosh. I mean, there. I, I can't wait to see like some opinions that come out. Um, Curtis, you're, this is you know another watching that you've seen it many times. So as you've watched this many times, I'm, I'm interested in your opinion on that. I do have some updated thoughts. Oh, updated oh, thoughts. And uh, <laughs> JC was telling me before that he totally forgot some of the stuff that happened. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's a dead show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he maybe he maybe forgot some pretty big pieces, but that's ma that makes it even better. I mean, kind of. JC gets oh, to yeah. relive it again. Oh yeah. The benefits of having a bad memory, I guess. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, as you heard, we also have your basic average girl and chaos bringer, Judge Brown. Gentlemen, the path ahead is arduous. And that's precisely why tomorrow belongs to us alone. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. And we have also, last but not least, the supreme overlord and showman, Judge Cooper. Sayako killed Shirley. Uh, ooh. Okay. Okay. We, we got some tense. What? Curtis, what are you saying? What are you saying right now? The theory speaks for itself. We'll get to it when we get to it. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll get to it when we get to it. That's some chaos. I, 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 I would love to just, like, unravel that theory with you when we get there. Because I think there's, like, a one piece of evidence that completely takes it away. But maybe not. If I remember correctly. Because JC and I just watched this, right? JC, you, like, just finished this, right? Oh, no, I watched it today. Okay, okay. Then I, okay. Well, I'd love to talk about it. But we're going to have to work our way to that episode because it is the last episode of The Batch. Yes, it is, indeed. It's almost like that was intentional. Yes. Hmm. And then... <laughs> As if there's a grand plan. Oh, hmm. wait, wait, what? What? Some kind of uh, design that's intelligent. Yes. <laughs> Maybe so. An intelligent design of a hmm. sentient hmm. being. It was I. Yes. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Baby girl. <laughs> oh man, she's still out there somewhere. She is. She's somewhere out there. Wait, we watched the video that proved that she was in that car, right? Like I is yep. still there. She's uh, still there. She's in a car. <laughs> she's a so navigational glad. system, interspace, like intergalactic navigational system. I'm that, so glad that I found yeah. that and brought that to Curtis for the first time. Uh, that uh, definitely offends me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little strange for sure. 
what what's really <laughs> interesting is the first like being that they like she replaced an intergalactic navigational system that was like her thing right she literally replaced it and then she became like you know at over time the aya mm. and then turns out she just what you know circular you know path where she mm. once again becomes an intergalactic navigational system in a smart car or a smart car. smart car <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. is right, though. R.I.P. is right. There's so many people that right now that are just like, what are they talking about? Yeah, absolutely about? confused. Well, we, we discussed in the podcast a while back Green Lantern, the animated series, and it's a banger of a show. If you have not seen that show, please go watch that show. If you enjoy heroes and stuff like that, it's, it's a just... lot less of a deep cut than Ryan O'Brien. Yes, <laughs> and we make one Ryan O'Brien reference at least every podcast episode. It's kind of obligatory at this point. It, yeah, absolutely. He is the foundation of Court of Capes lore. He holds it all together. Yeah, he's like... And I will say this to anybody who gets tired of our inside jokes that you don't understand because you're not committed enough. Mm. If you can't take the lore... There's the door. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. I like it. Ooh. Absolutely like it. You got three years to catch up on. Start start back at the episode <laughs> one of the Batman. It'll okay. be worth it. Okay. <laughs> we, we rarely make references to the Batman like that. It, it's just casting shade on the Batman. So, you you know. But... <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Whatever. Wait, we did declare that some things, the Batman was better than some things. What, it was like recently, right? That we said the Batman was better than some things. Was that was that in the uh, Supreme Court session? Mm, no, I don't think it was. Hmm. Shoot, maybe it was a movie or something. I don't know. Probably something like that. <laughs> I don't remember at all. It's not one of the shows we watched recently. No. It must have been a movie. Yeah, it must have been. Oh, oh, it was definitely one of like the terrible movies that we've reviewed. Oh, oh, it was the recent. It was oh, was it? It was an Ant Man. No, it was um, it was something that like either one or two of us reviewed, and then the other one like just. Oh, the only us. one we did that was Black Adam. And the uh, Demon Slayer. Oh, oh well, I mean, definitely wasn't better in Batman. It was a better in Demon Slayer movie. Even though that was kind of a chip, huh? We got must do. We got must have, must have been Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, we got jokes today. Was it was it Akito the Exile that we said wasn't as good? Oh, as that's right, Akito that's the what Exile. It was. Oh goodness. Yep, yep. Only two of us watched that. Yeah, there were certain. Yeah, <laughs> JC, you swore. You promised. Hey, hey, my eyes went over a lot of that content. Oh goodness. Mm. That was the most one of the most confusing shows I've ever seen. It made no sense. <laughs> no. Didn't make no sense. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the Code Geass, a show that does make sense, even though there are a ton of moving pieces. Every piece has its own weight. Episode yeah. eight. What is Japan? Oh, okay. So, what is it called again? Uh, one million miracles. One million miracles. That's pretty dope. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so my first top point is a quote from Toto where he literally asks, what is Japanese? 
literally mm. sets a tone, and you didn't realize it probably as a first-time viewer that it was supposed to set a tone for this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a great question. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, Japanese is Japanese, but, like, it, it actually had, like, a lot of depth to it that I like, cultural depth to it. Really cool. And Toto, what a guy. What a freaking guy. I, he steps up every single batch. I love Toto. He's, he's like, the most underrated character. He is. Uh. He really is. Like, he just steps up every single batch. And speaking of which, I think at the end of this batch, we should say, like, who our current favorite character is. Because I have one that's, I mean, you guys might actually have the same one. But I definitely had someone in mind as I was watching all of these episodes that just, like, stood out to me so much. Ooh. Okay. So we're going to Very intriguing. We're going to talk about that. All right. Next one. So, it's a quote from Suzaku when he was basically yelling at Lelouch um, in his nightmare. And he said, you used your your geos on forcing me to live, knowing in my heart that I wanted to die. I thought, like, wow. Like, like he was calling him selfish, but, like, Suzaku was totally willing to die in that moment. We all know what that moment was. Where he was willing mm-hmm. to sacrifice himself. Um but yeah, like, do you think it was really selfish of Lelouch to do that? No more selfish than it is for Suzaku to want to die, perhaps. Mm. Okay. Hmm. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would equate them. That's fair. I feel like they. Lelouch's motivations for wanting Suzaku to live were very self-serving. And you could argue that Suzaku's were self-serving as well, but I feel like they're equally as self-serving as others serving. Okay. Because he feels like he has a penance that he has to pay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's obviously depth to Lelouch's decision, I think. That well, like majority was for him, but I feel like there was like parts of him where like that decision was also for his greater plans. Yeah, it it almost goes back to the uh, the whole idea that everything that's self serving that Lucius is doing is to further his greater goal, which is other serving, looking toward Nanali. Yeah, until it's not. Until, until it's like, not, and there... and that makes like questionable decisions, like at the end of season one. Yes, there has been times where it has deviated. Or Fair at enough. least it seems like it's deviated. What's cool about like most like major Code Geass character decisions is like there's not like one or two motivators usually. There's usually like a pie chart. Where it's <laughs> like, all right, all right, Lucia's like forty five percent. I want to kill Britannia. <laughs> like twenty percent, like oh, I want to do this for Nanali, and like five percent, I actually really like Suzaku still, and he's my friend. <laughs> so like, how does all of that inform this single decision? almost like we have complex characters mm. that's right complex make characters up. make up a good show if you do it right mm-hmm. i mean that's what we got avatar right i mean that was complex, someday. complex characters someday. someday i don't know about that jc i i don't know about that i will make it happen josh <laughs> dude it's like 15 episodes less than kim possible yeah 
Yeah, it, Kim Possible was a lot. Like, I felt like we were on Kim Possible for forever. It was a good, like, half of a year. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Six months then, yeah, almost. I think it was, like, four or five months dedicated to just Yeah, Kim it was, Possible. like, it was, like, March. <laughs> I want to say it was March to August. How many episodes are in Kim Possible? Isn't, it like, 84? Yeah, something like that. And there's only there's only like fifty some Avatar episodes, isn't there? There's sixty one, I think. That is a good question. Mm, yeah, you're right, sixty one. So nice. that's still that's still at least twenty some episodes it's, left. It's crazy that I say this because I feel like one of the show one of the shows that I'm going to present because I'm presenting two shows and you guys have to decide which one. And if you tie or if you go different, then I will choose the other or which one i think um but i feel like one of the shows uh that i will be presenting has like um like 65 episodes <laughs> <laughs> hypocrisy <laughs> I know, right? hmm. uh, actually no no maybe it's not it only went for a year man some some shows can pump them out though yes they can you're not wrong I don't know how many episodes it is, but it's a banger of a show, and so is Avatar, so we'll see. We shall see. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so uh, Lelouch had his little Batman quote. Did you guys catch that? His little Christian Bale Batman quote? Who did it first? <laughs> um, <No. laughs> he, he said, it's not measured by a man who is underneath, but the actions that define a man. pretty sure this was first yeah i'm pretty sure it was too <laughs> because they already had this locked and loaded before dark knight came out oh no that was a batman begins quote oh oh then batman begins did it first yeah yeah because it was the original uh yeah i think it was maybe i'm wrong no no you're right it is the dark knight Back check us, audience. No, 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 no. It is the Dark Knight because when he he says it once to Rachel and then he says it again to her in person and she's like, wait, Bruce? Or he says it to her in person and then he says it as Batman. And she was like, oh, Bruce? She's like, Bruce. Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) Well then. All right. So the premise of this episode is to reestablish the zone once again. The special yeah, zone. Yeah, the special zone. Except the um, the kicker was that everyone could come to the special zone except Zero. He would be then exiled. I don't really know exactly how that exile, um, how that would happen or what the terms were for exiling him, but he pulled a very cool move, um, which I want to know when this movie came out, but I'm pretty sure the story came out before. Have you guys seen V for Vendetta? No. No. No, I, I've seen clips, but not full cool. It's a really good movie. Uh, Curtis, I feel like you would love it. There's a ton of philosophical like aspects to it. That's just Dope. really intriguing. Um, but basically, there's a tyrannical English government that was um, you know, happening, and just it was very authoritarian, and there was um, this guy who was trying to revolutionize right just kind of like lelouch in a way and obviously Mm -hmm. deemed a terrorist but he did a really good way of exploiting the government and how like like 
the absolute terror that they were causing the people and gave them this belief that they could stand up for themselves. Mm. So one night where he declared that he was going to do a terrorist act, um, they were looking for him. And as they were looking for him, a ton of people gathered in the city wearing the same mask that he wears. Mm. Yeah. This is such a cool moment. Yeah. And yeah. so they did this very thing in the show, and it was an absolute dope moment when they're just like, we're all zero. So I mm. guess we're all exiled. I'm Spartacus. No, I am. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was honestly a really cool thing. I, like the back of my head, I felt kind of bad for Natalie because she's really trying to set up this zone and her heart is so pure in doing it. But, yeah. Yeah. But there were just bigger things at play that she doesn't really see. Or yeah, like, at least right now she doesn't yeah. see. Right also, now. that flashback that Suzaku got to like, you think you're about to shoot that one guy when like, Miss Lohmeyer was about to shoot somebody in the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. dang, that uh, that wound is still pretty fresh. Yes, it is. Yeah, so I loved it. I wrote down the thing. I said, since we're all zero, we must all go into exile. No matter where we are, we're all Japanese. That, that was a cool maneuvering that he did to make that happen. Pretty freaking dope. And I wrote down that this is probably one of the most uplifting things that I've seen him do. Because mm. it was just like it was actually involving all of the Japanese people because he's doing a lot of behind the scenes work and a lot of things on the front lines that involve like war, but this involved a lot of like the Japanese people, like actually, mm-hmm. and they were a part of it. So <clears throat> I found it to be very uplifting. The thing that I appreciate so much about the show is that almost everything that Lelouch does has shades of both positive and negative attached to it yeah so while while he is actively going against his sister like the love of his life he is also helping a whole nation's worth of people gain their independence and you have to you know constantly juggle the morality and and the implications of those actions and it's never black and white and that's just so cool that they're able to put all these things together yeah, no, I I totally agree. And he said the premise like that when him and Suzaku were talking, like Suzaku was, you know, they had different philosophies and Lelouch was very much if the ends justify the means. Um, yep. So they do a very good job at, like, making that gray area just seem real and, like, actually realistic. Yeah, and they constantly push against the gray area and, mm-hmm. like, the absolute morals of other characters, too. Yes. I mean, that's why Suzaku and Belouche are such good, like, arrivals. Yeah, because, like, Suzaku wanted, like, absolute justice for Euphania, and, like, he couldn't make that call because it would literally cause a massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved what was said at the, um, by Lelouch. I don't know if he said it out loud. I don't remember if he said it out loud or if he thought it, but he literally... Let's just say he said it. It said that Suzaku saved a million lives and no one will thank him for it. <laughs> I think Detard said that. Maybe it was Detard. I know it was said. I wrote it down. Yeah. But I, yeah. But it no was one will thank him. Wasn't it Lloyd? Oh, it was Lloyd. Oh, yep, That's yep, right. Yep, it, yep, was yep, Lloyd. Yep, it was Lloyd. 
Look at me finally remembering something. Ah, <laughs> yeah, boy. No, it was Lloyd, and it just really spoke to me. Like, even though sometimes we, like, actively go against Suzaku or don't agree with what he's doing or maybe a little confused as why he's doing what he's doing, just, like, putting him in that light was just so true because, like, Lloyd knew and understood how hard it was for him to make that decision. But, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's all I have for episode eight, my guys. Oh man, you have to talk about the uh, the like floating candle. I think at the oh, end. Oh yeah, the candle scene. The Ooh. what? The the Yuffie written on the candles floating in the water. Did I miss that? It was pretty big. I know, but I might have been looking down writing when it happened. Nanali wrote Yuffie's name on the candles that were like meant to re represent wishes, I think. And then she saw, and her and Suzaku saw that there was another one that was floating with Yuffie's name on it. And we saw that Lelouch had done it. Oh, shoot. And That's then a at fairly the, major little plot point there, Josh. Yeah. And then at the is. end of the episode, and at the end of the episode, that was like, they returned to it, and that was like the last frame of the, of the show. Hmm. Yeah. Who <laughs> lit the second candle? Yuffie, Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't isn't Josh like known for catching details like I the small probably things? Probably looking down. Most have noticed these things. Most people assumed it was Lelouch. So, what are you mean, reading? He literally said that like I had to do one more thing. Yeah. And now it's done immediately after the candle scene. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna go with a hundred percent. Yeah, it was Lelouch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I missed this. I was, I guess I was busy doing something real quick or whatever, or something happened. It's all good, Josh. I don't remember. Frick, man. But I anyway, it was a great, great scene. No, no, that it's definitely sounds like one that really speaks, like, to the heart and, like, still makes, you know, her death still a motivating factor and relevant to what's going on right now because yeah. it feels like it happened a little bit ago, you know, like... Yeah. I don't know in their time how long ago it happened. A little over a year, right? Yeah, because yeah, like, Lelouch was under the juice for yeah, a year. Yeah, out in Aikido land or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> flopping around with all the Europeans. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. Um, but yeah. So but on it, those subtitles, the French people are hard to understand. Yeah, oh. yeah, they really are. You have to put on oh. the subtitles. Oh. Um, yeah, their accents, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say bad accents, maybe, or just really strong, thick accents. I, I can't tell. Yeah, I don't know if they got actual Europeans to do the voice actors, or if they were Americans trying to mimic them. Yeah. So I, I can't really make a judgment call. Yeah, I can't really make that either. I, I, maybe I'm just not around enough French people, but. Yeah, I don't want to say anything to offend our millions of French fans, so I'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of millions. We're so, Hundreds. We're actually, it's it's our second biggest country, <laughs> France. French people. <laughs> Is there? There might be. Um, Yeah, there might be. Um, there might. There might be. Snail, snails, huh? Snails. <laughs> How many French oh, people are there? Hmm. Um, but no, I love it. I, I feel like I might just actually go back and watch that, that scene on, like, YouTube or something like that, just to 
uh, just experience it again because for some reason I might have been looking down or something when it was coming up. Cause yeah, there's only there's only 67 million people in France. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yet, but yet we have hundreds of millions of French fans. Well, yeah, there could be French Americans French and French yeah, people exactly. in Belgium, French people around the world. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so the entirety of France, along with all of the other French people in the world. And we are the common denominator that unites them all. That's right. We <laughs> shall make our own special zone. <laughs> <laughs> I give it back to you, the people. The people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Tom Hardy. Um, all right, so shall we move on to episode nine? Yeah, let's do it. Which is titled... I don't know. Uh, uh, Bride in the Vermilion City. In the uh, Forbidden for- Vermilion City. The Forbidden. City. Thank Vermilion you, City. thank you. Um, so let it begin the Chinese Federation arc. Ah, uh, yes, the Chinese Federation backstabbers. Um, oh, well, then. I mean, for real, though. Like, they not good people. But, um, so, uh, first top point, um, they borrowed some territory for Japanese, like, to have the Japanese people, and it was in India. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Just, like, introducing another country. Into... Mm-hmm. And it makes sense, because that would be Rakshada's home country. Mm-hmm. Yes. So she probably serves as somewhat of a liaison. Yeah, she probably does. I love Rakshada. We got we get way less Rakshada these days, though. And, we need more. And Lloyd, like they yeah, all really three. took a back step. We need more of both of them. Yeah, we really do. I love the little rivalry that they have going on. Like it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next stop point, and something I don't think they really. I don't know. Put. I don't know, tied, tied this, like, loose end, or just really, I gave us closure on, but, like, in this episode, it was shown how much Colin cares for, um, for Lelouch. Yeah, that was quite highlighted. It was very much highlighted, like, how much Colin cares for Lelouch. And so, boys, I have to ask you, mm-hmm. do, do we ship at this moment? Did you guys, do you guys, did you guys feel like you were shipping Colin and I mean, here is the deal. I feel like Lush ultimately is a very married-to-his-work type of person. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I was feeling the chemistry. Mm-hmm. I feel like they got some good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that, but it was very hard for me to reconcile that with how he was treating her just a couple episodes ago. Yeah, he seems to go back and forth on how he does it. Like, he's just like, I'm, it's like part of him's just like a young teenage boy and he actually, you know, cares about people. And then the other part is like a, a world dominating figure. Yeah. Yeah. Erratic. Yeah. And uh, turns out a 17 year old megalomaniac is not meant for a good romantic partner. 18 year old. Yes, yeah, a, a year had passed. <laughs> a year has passed. I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so this episode, um, there were some things that were happening and um, marriages that were occurring. And 
And I have a question for you guys. What the heck? Did did we did I miss something that Schneisel and Nina were like whatever was going on between them two? Oh no, they just jumped after that basically. Okay. That came out of the left field for me and I don't know if I missed something. I mean basically well, Britannia like headhunted uh Nina because she's like literally like the uh what's the She's literally the Oppenheimer of yeah. the Geos world. Okay. Nuclear engineer. Yeah. And also, I didn't even say for last episode that it was revealed that Nina was alive because I thought we thought that Nina was dead. It was predict. It was presumed. She was presumed dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. She like well, well, we we knew that she was working for like Schneisel, though, didn't we? Really. Mm. Because I, like, it was, the, it was, it was flashback because like we never actually saw like the fact that the bomb didn't go off like yes. from her perspective. That's what I'm saying is like we all thought she did right. because we all thought the bomb went off. Yeah, but but didn't didn't the kids at school talk about how Nina was off like working for the government? I think they just I think they just mentioned that she was away. So yeah, yeah I, think I thought they, I think she was confirmed alive. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but we all said that we thought that they were saying she was away because of the memory erasing. Yeah. Right? Because, that was part of it, too. Because yeah. we were like, whatever they were saying may not actually be reality because of the memory erasing. Yeah, yeah, they definitely, like... Yeah, I can't remember if they just didn't remember Nina, or... They mentioned that she was away. Yeah, because some people remembered Nina because when, well, at least I think Lelouch did or I forgot who did because when they set off the fireworks, right, and there were, mm -hmm. like, the, the figures of the people that weren't actually there, Nina was in that group, like, that showed mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So, anyways. Um, so, um, the Prez and Nina get into a fight. Goodness, yeah. And it was Dude, this it, comes out of nowhere. It was pretty wild. And Nina just throws out, I hate women that have no depth to them. Nina is just an absolutely unhinged character. She really is. She she really so is. There is literally no nuance to her character. It's literally just <laughs> she screams exactly what she's thinking at all times mm -hmm. that she's given a line. She has no yeah. Is. No subtlety. No, not at all. And I think it's because throughout most of her life, she kept her, like her feelings and herself in, you know. Yeah. Um, so there were just things. And that... now she is wild. So when yeah. Euphemia found her, or like she found Euphemia in a sense, she was like, "Oh shoot, you know, like this could be the love of my life," or oh, however she was perceiving it. And then Euphemia dies. She was just like, I have no reason to be who I was anymore. Just like, well, I am down bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, also, Nina, again, throwing out racist remarks, as she does. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, yeah, she belongs in the same category as Pepper Potts. Yeah, <laughs> straight at Suzaku. Like, straight up, call it, like, just being racist at the guy. You know, not to not to say anything nice about Pepper, but at least she never tried to like commit mass genocide against the mutants. This is fair. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like if there was another season, that might be a plot. <laughs> I, I think Nina deserves the title of the Court of Cakes certified racist. Yeah, basically. Yep. She is. Pepper has finally been supplanted. <laughs> it, took, it took a while. Yeah, she's very much like a oof, straight up racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got two more points for this episode. A lot of things were going down. Obviously, you know, marriage is happening, all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And it child, was child, marriage. child marriages. Yes, and Mer- nobody was really batting an eye at this at all. Um, yeah. So it seemed to be like within royalty or whatever. This seemed to be okay. Yep. Messed up. Yep. I mean, the press didn't even seem to say anything was wrong with it though. Like, I don't get it. Um, and so my next hot point is Shinke. We we really start to get some Shinke. He starts to show up, and he's a really cool guy. I'm seeing, and his like his care for the Empress was really cool. Yeah, and how he like how and she was really cool too, right? Where Shinke was spotted um feeding a prisoner food. And that's all he was doing. And they were going to kill him. And she was just like, should you kill someone for doing something good? Even if yeah. It's, yeah, even if it's for someone bad. Like, the, it was a prisoner, right? So they couldn't do anything to anybody else. But I, I think it, it started to, like, show some depth in some other characters that we don't mm-hmm. have on the front. And I like that. Yeah. And then the very – oh, what's up? I was going to say, I was so happy we got to see as much of him as we did. Yes. He's a cool character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, at the very end, he's back, boys! Orange Boy is Orange back in boy. town! And he is styling. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's chilling, sipping some wine or whatever that is. I, well, actually, I think it's a mimosa because there's obviously oranges in it. Yeah. <laughs> He's always doing with orange stuff. I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But man, oh, seeing yeah. him back in town just made me feel so good. I was like, let's uh, go, man. He's about right, to Josh. What's up? Josh, I'm gonna need to I'm need to conduct a Riz inspection <laughs> on Mr. Jeremiah Gottwald. Okay, what you got with you got? I think that he got the Riz. Oh, he mm. absolutely got the Riz. I mean the dude looks awesome. Holy frick. And he's just got so much confidence, right? Like before before his quote-unquote death. So this is resurrected Orange Boy. All right? This is Orange Man. Thrice resurrected. Yeah, thrice. So this is Orange Man. But prior, yeah. prior to, he was very much, you know, un, like insecure about himself and what he wanted to do and all this kind of stuff. Now the man's just, he's a man with a plan. Uh, he was a bootlicker. Yeah. Uh, this, this Jeremiah... Is dare I say, and I'm, I'm spoiling, I'm spoiling your later discussion, Josh. But one of my favorite parts of the show is this first. <laughs> so good. It's so, so good. Oh my goodness, Orange Boy. He, uh, I like just like seeing him now and having this discussion with you guys about him. Just like we know how this batch ends, and we know mm. some things that come up. So mm. I'm just excited to see more of him along with, you know, this, the big C, you know. 
And is it this scene where he's like chilling, like sipping the bubbly when he's like, not revenge, loyalty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> JC, do you value loyalty? Oh, I value loyalty so much. I, I might even say that orange is the color of my loyalty. Hey, let's oh. go. Oh. Orange oh, is wait. my favorite color. Let's freaking go. Oh, yeah. Orange is definitely my favorite color. Has been for a long time. Love that. Yeah. Orange Josh boy. ain't no orange bandwagon. <laughs> no, I'm not. I've been, I've been on this. <laughs> yeah. I'm a shaman, but... Yeah, orange is definitely a, a color I love. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for episode nine. Very nice. Shall we move on to episode ten, good sir? Let's do it. it. When Shin Hu wins glory. So, I think, did, did okay, is this the episode where the Shin Hu... Uh, Shin K's nightmare frame makes the appearance. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's just stop the presses and talk about this thing, guys. Speaking of Riz, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I oh, mean, this nightmare. Wow. Yeah. Um. Wait. Did it show at the beginning of this episode or? Yeah. It was. It was like in a good chunk of this episode. Yeah. Right? It was. It, yeah. It was further down in this episode because. Yeah. yeah. But still. Because the first fight was Toto versus Suzaku. Yeah, right. And that was a good fight. Was it? I mean, I felt like brilliant. I felt like it was pretty underwhelming for me. Like we got two big. Na- I don't know. I guess I've been expecting a lot of the fights, but it didn't match up to a lot of the other fights I've seen Toto and Suzaku in. I don't well, know. I mean, it was it was it was very brief, so you can't have. Yeah, it, yeah, it was very brief, but it seemed like there was like many like big moves or something like that. I even wrote it down that Toto versus Suzaku is a bit underwhelming right here. I even wrote it huh. down. Just, it okay. just, just kind of was like a little bit of a letdown. I mean, the whole episode was not that way, but this this right. very moment for me was. Okay. Anyway. You felt that way too, Curtis? Uh, I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Because like at this point, like at this point in the show, nightmare fights aren't as big of a focus. They become a bigger focus later on again. Mm-hmm. But at this point, a lot of it's a lot more about the politics of kind of like the overall strategy and maneuvering. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so so yeah, there was that little interaction between the two of them, which yeah, it was fine. <laughs> but um. All of that is going down, and there's this through line. I think it started pretty early on in the episode, where the Empress and Lady Kaguya are kind of talking and trying to figure things out, and and she's just like, "You really like this Shinke guy, don't you?" And she's just like, "Do I?" <laughs> <laughs> and and this kind of sets things up for. Uh, Let's just say the next episode, which we'll get to. We'll get to. But um, that was really cool seeing them set the seeds for that. But, but yeah. So the majority of what happens in this episode that I'm going to talk about, and feel free to, you know, catch anything that I miss here, but I, I really want to focus in on the fact that uh, Shin Kei and the Shin Hu was just 
killing it out there. Because, of course, our, our girl Rakshada, she, she set the Chinese Federation up with this nightmare frame that was so good and so OP that a human being could not pilot it yet. Yeah, so she said. So she so said. She said. And, but and they didn't account for the fact that Shin K got that dog in it. <laughs> yeah, that boy's a dog for sure. You know, Josh, much like LeBron James. Oh, absolutely Shin much K, like. Shin K might not always sink the threes. <laughs> but when he got to get up there in the paint, mm. he's going to get it in. He's going to get it done. <laughs> Very much so. Oh my gosh, Shin K is LeBron James. LeBron James. Man, I I did not expect that comparison today, but I'm here for it. No, I feel like Curtis has made LeBron James comments for like the past <laughs> four episodes. Yeah, like once. <laughs> JC, have you been missing this? <laughs> I pick a different. I try to pick a different character every time, but I think I've been missing a couple times. <laughs> yeah, JC has been missing. He's made LeBron James comparisons like the past four episodes. Like, I mean, yes, that that has happened. I recall this. But our last episode was also like a month ago. Yeah. So so just like any time, like when a new episode comes out, just JC, think to yourself, who is LeBron James in this episode? <laughs> who is LeBron James? Yeah. Oh my word. There's there's a fun job for our listeners to guess on. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So so yeah. So so the Shin Hu is just killing it out there with the fact that it has basically its own radiant wave generator. What what is it called? Is that it? So radiant. Yeah. Surger. Surger. Yeah. Surger. So they Thank use you. two different like power types or whatever, energy types. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and it also has like the the spinny whip thing, which is super cool. Yeah. yeah. The, weed, the weed eater. Yeah, the weed eater. <laughs> yes. I mean now that we're talking about it right now, JC, and you're talking about the nightmare, where does it rank on your nightmare list here? Like Oh man! Does this what? top Sir Lancelot? Hmm. No, I don't think so. Lancelot, it oh, Lancelot's just really cool. Lancelot I, is really cool. I agree. yeah. This one, this one's really up there. Like, like definitely top five for sure. Okay, for sure. Top yeah, like I maybe. Think, I, think I mean, we've seen what only five like major nightmares, anyways. Right, mm-hmm. we got we got the Gurin like Mark II, right? We have Lancelot, we have um, Toto's nightmare, we have. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess you can say the Knights of the Round. They do have their own type yeah. of nightmare, so yeah, it's a little. Ones. They do have. And then you have, ones. and then you have the Gawain that uh, Zero stole in season one. Yeah, then you They're have kind of repurposed later. Yeah, so the one Zero has. So maybe a little more. So I guess, yeah, that break, that could break top five. I um, I think it's pretty freaking awesome. The old, There's only one downfall to it, but it makes sense for him. I feel like its color scheme is a little... Okay. It's a little flashy. Yeah. 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 But it's also I, the same color scheme as his clothes. Yeah, so. that's why I said it makes I sense understand. because it was like it was the same color scheme as his clothes that like made total sense, but it could have been a little different. Um like yeah. 
I I love Lancelot's all white, like white and gold look. Like I think that's pretty freaking dope. Yeah. But I also love Toto's like red freaking whatever you want to call that comes out. That's like super random. There's I don't feel like there's any nightmare like it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like it wasn't he using it as a shield for like a brief moment? I yeah, I yeah, I think he's used it before, mm-hmm. but I've never seen another nightmare like it. So when I see when I see Toto's nightmare, I'm like, I like it. it's just a black and red. That's it, but it looks pretty great. Pretty sick. It's very unique. Yeah. Anyway. So we see that fight happening and that, you know, you know, Shin K is just tearing it up out there, as he does. And uh, what eventually is said, and this was really cool to hear, Shin K is as good a tactician as Lelouch. I believe that's the word that they used. As good of a warrior as Suzaku. It was actually Lelouch that said it. He said, good as a yeah. tactician as I am and a better warrior than Suzaku. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that is quite the combination. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Double black, but he just won't live long. Could we not? (laughs) It was said in the episode. I know, I know. (laughs) The guy's coughing up blood, Josh. Yeah, he has. But he's been been doing it for like the past three episodes, all right? So when's it going to happen, all right? The guy's just. Let him die slowly, Josh. It's okay. Honestly, I don't know what's going on. Curtis, do you remember what, like... They never explain it. Yeah, they never explain it! Yeah. He just he just went too hard, and, and that dog inside is just trying to make his way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dog's trying to come out. The dog's trying to come out. But, yeah, so... Yeah, he's just too OP that his own body can't handle himself because <laughs> he's not human. But anyway, so uh, Lelouch eventually loses in the short term. He 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 makes this grand plot going against Detard's wishes. As soon as Colin Gurren is captured, he runs out of power, and Lelouch decides that he is going to risk literally it all to save her. Yes. And and Shinke is able to stop that. He's able to beat Lelouch, at least in the moment, so that there is nothing that Lelouch can do to save Colin from this situation. And Lelouch loses the majority of his ground troops, if not all of his ground troops, because Shinke outsmarted him by flooding the field and then sinking the troops. Okay, well, like, when you say lost, like, they couldn't, they could no longer fight. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, did did any of them escape, though? No, because there was the guy who was on the battlefield who's often, like, you know, trying to be friends with uh, Lelouch or whatever. Ogi's friend, right? I forgot his name. He was on the battlefield, but we see him in a later episode. Oh, that's true. Well, I guess there was some sort of extraction. I don't think that was shown, though. No, it wasn't. It just, like, after at the end, when the whole, like, you know, it's, like, rioting in, in the Chinese Federation and stuff like that because they were exposed and everything, uh, it totally cuts to a different scene. Yeah, some of the cuts in this show are abrupt. They are. 
But, you know, it's better than the alternative, I think, of wasting time. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, some, you gotta, you just gotta fill in the blanks yourself, but. Yeah. There's not like too many blanks. It, it felt especially, not egregious, but, but, but the cut was pretty intense when, like, it might have been the previous episode, or maybe even the one before, I don't remember, but where, uh, the empress is just like giving her little monologue and then all of a sudden it like that's to the wedding scene like oh, oh okay yeah yeah it oh, was yeah. really weird there's like, a lot of are. things that happened in this episode though yeah but anyway um so yeah so so zero loses in the moment and the only way that he can escape is by activating the uh hydrox cannons is that what they're called the hadron Hadron, my goodness, thank you. Hadron no worries. on the ship, and that way they're able to make their escape. But they only have one shot, and they have to recharge, and they're pretty vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then we end the episode with Lelouch at school? Question mark, question mark? Hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. All right, so I definitely have some things to say about this episode. Bring it on. <laughs> All right, number one, the writers weird me out just a little bit. I realize what's going on, and it makes sense, but when they talked about Shin K being destined for this girl, who is a child. Oh, who, that was weird. Yeah, I felt a little weird. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I felt uncomfortable. No, I think, yeah, no, we, I was definitely going to bring that up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, on one hand, like, Shin K definitely gives off the vibe that, like, she is, like, a little sister to him. Yes, definitely. Like, like he does the... not, he does not reciprocate these romantic feelings of a twelve-year-old, twelve-year-old having their first crush. So yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. It but is on very... the other hand, all the other characters encourage him to. Yeah, they kind of did. Which is suspect. Yeah. It really, it really is. Um. Well, Lelouch was doing his stuff because. For, like political purposes like he was yeah. just doing whatever like um but yeah uh next thing that i wanted to say was um so c2 and lelouch were having a discussion at one point and they're walking into an elevator and then c2 called um lelouch's thing truth theorem they're, the yeah. dynamic see so there's like, a weird joke i feel like that was that kind of felt like a weird dub moment to me where like they kind of just like took like the text and adapted it weird. Yeah, it could be a weird yeah. dumb moment, or C two could just be strange because she was acting just really weird. Yeah, a little bit both. And also notice that look Colin gave them while they were alone. She was so jealous. Oh yeah. Oh, look, so Colin much. was so jealous. Peanut butter and jelly. Absolutely, <laughs> I totally agree with that. She was so freaking jealous, and I mean, Lelouch dumb pig. Well, at least if he was the pixie too, I would say you pick you don't pick wrong, my guy. Because I think <laughs> I think I think Colin's great. I think she is so passionate and just absolutely. She may go guns a blazing, you know, maybe not think about what she's saying at first, but she has like more heart than a lot of people in the show. I completely am there with you, Josh. Yeah. 
Um, next thing I wanted to say is the last thing I wanted to say. Well, other than Zero versus Shinke was so freaking dope. I feel like that mm-hmm. that was like a match made in tech. It was just the perfect match between them two. Um, so Ogi, I wanted to talk about Ogi for a second because it just seems to just like Ogi went from this young boy it seemed like to just a straight up grown man. I mean, he's really taken suit and just like. He's an authority figure now within the Black Knights, and I feel like he's really stepped up to the plate in a great way. Where before he was so hesitant for his decisions and like, I don't know what to do, like, zero help. And now it's more like, we're going to do this, even if it's defying, like, Detard or something like that. Mm. Love the character growth. Yeah, I I love to see it, and I loved the whole. I did enjoy the story arc with like Valletta and Ogi. I thought. Oh it was yeah, really cool. that, that's underrated. And yeah. in uh, the one million miracles episode, when like Ogi's dressed up and like Valletta immediately recognizes why she's like, "Hey, Ogi." Yes, that's right. And she, he was like, like, "Oh dang. no, I'm zero. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, there was yeah. still there. Oh, man. Like you're teasing me. Fam. Yeah, absolutely. Me. But I. Like, when I saw this moment for Ogi, and he did kind of take some authority um, or a stance in authority in that episode as well, it just really stood out to me. And I'm I'm definitely Team Ogi right now. He is a great guy and really seems to be doing some good work. Ogi is a brogi. That's right. Brogi bear. Yo, yo. <laughs> we have some hashtags right there. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I think at the moment that the uh, Shinkiro, I think it's the Shinkiro, which is um, Lelouch's new nightmare. When uh, oh, yeah, that yeah, thing that is, sounds right. When that, thing, when that thing is released, that thing is cool. Yes. It's got a cool ability. Yes. It's fun in an OP way. Mm-hmm. And Lelouch is like, all right, bring out the drip. Yeah. Like, that ha- does that happen in the next episode? No, that was this episode, I think. Wait, wait, what episode are we talking about? We're wait, still oh, talking- oh, no, you're oh. right. It is episode 11, The Power of Passion, when he brings out the Shinkiro. Oh, I-, I thought we were talking about The Power of Passion, my bad. No, oh. no. We're not <laughs> in The Power bad. of Passion yet. All right, all right. Yeah, no, it it all blended together. It felt like a two-parter, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, it, it really was. Or maybe more of a three-parter. I yeah, don't know. It was, it was, yeah, three-parter, because yeah, the, yeah. the Chinese Federation arc is kind of all self-contained in these three episodes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but no, I completely agree with you, though. Like, like let's just go ahead and dive into that. Yeah, like, like the, new, the new nightmare is sick. Love it. Yeah, Shinkiro like, is super. I I just wrote down the like top. Nightmare Shinkiro is so OP. Top mm. five for me. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like like that super powerful shield that comes up. It's just like, oh, that's sick. And then the blast and like the like reflections and everything that was tearing through the enemy. Dope. Oh my goodness, like. Almost Deus Ex Machina level uh, of, yeah. of save, Fair. but I, I hesitate to say that. But but, but, but it was no, so cool. That's, that's, I think that's fair. Like, um, it's definitely an interesting way to write yourself out of a problem, mm-hmm. where it's like they're all completely cornered. What do they do? And I mean, obviously, the real solution is that um, 
Lelouch instigated like nationwide riots. Yes, he did. He definitely that did. destabilized the whole country. Yeah. And like the Shinkiro was just more of like a, oh hey, let's just give ourselves a little breathing room type situation. But it right. definitely came out of nowhere. But mm-hmm. also like that's basically how every um, nightmare upgrade is in this show, where it's like. Well, um, we're screwed. Hey, Rakshada, can you manufacture some new drip for me? Yeah. And she's like, right on it. And it, then the Gurren's like, all right, I got two arms now. It does feel, <laughs> it, it does feel like a lot when it happens within like a three-episode span. Um, when the other mm-hmm. times we're like introduced to Lancelot, and then we're given like a few like episodes, and then all of a sudden we get, you know, Mark II or whatever. But... Oh yeah, oh yeah. The the degree of like, uh, I guess brinksmanship that's happening with with like 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 them just constantly upgrading the weaponry and it like exponentially increasing at a faster rate is. Yeah. I mean, it, it mimics reality, but almost to an absurd degree. Yeah, yeah, it is a little absurd, but Curtis touched on it that, like, at this moment, they're kind of focused. That's why they have to focus on, like, a lot of the other stuff, the political aspects, the storyline, because if they mm-hmm. focus so much on the nightmares, they'll just get more and more powerful, like, to an extent that's insane. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you have a giant robot floating in space. Nobody wants that. Yeah, I feel like without the political strategic elements, this show would just be a shonen. Yeah, it would be, yeah, it would be, um, uh, what is it called again? Yeah, you said a shonen, but it's the more specific piloting. Oh, a mecha? A mecha, yeah, it would just be a, yeah, it literally would just be a mecha. Um, which would be like, you know, I mean, yeah, there needed to be other aspects of it, or it would end like Darling in the Franks. No thank you. Yeah, no thank um, But yeah. Uh, JC, what were your other, or was it JC or Josh? No, it's me. It's JC. Power of Pass. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, let's dive in for a second longer on the fact that Lilith literally was playing the eunuchs like a fiddle, getting them to say what he needed so that D-Card could broadcast it to the entire nation to immediately cause mass uprisings that just completely illegitimized their government and immediately made Schneisel turn on them, which was the smart thing to do, obviously. So, like, such a cool maneuver. Such a cool maneuver. It was a cool maneuver, but there was a lot of suggestions saying that he was. this was not his plan. And a lot of it was actually Shin K's plan. Yeah, and, like, he kind of, like, ran into it. Yeah. happy circumstance. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, oh, this was totally... Uh, him improvising <laughs> oh you think so oh yeah oh yeah this was not his original plan okay. i mean his original plan got killed the moment that colin got captured oh that derailed oh everything oh yes yes but part and, of it was still and su- the fact that like his original plan was just to stage a coup yes yeah and while he was about to stage the coup shin cave simultaneously staged the coup so that kind yeah, of like right. threw a wrench into everything yeah. yeah they're on like plan d right now but, like, Shinke, yeah, Shinke had set most of it up, though, because he was trying to do his own thing. But Shinke, I feel like, did what his plan was, like, all along, which was, you know, to kill them. Right. But Luce was consistently making the correct choice in how he navigated the situation. Yeah. With, I think, arguably, the glaring initial failure being 
defying deep card and going after Colin. Yes. You, you know, Josh, it's a lot like Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. <laughs> you know, Lelouch can kind of like move around. He can, he can sense the edge rushers coming That's around right. the bend. Yes, and sir. he shifts up, steps up, and delivers the throw. That's right. That's right. Steps into the pocket as they're coming around. Yeah, he that. doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. Mm-mm. Had to make a quick improvisation and gets the job done. That he did. Because, man, did Schneisel get the heck out of there. But, unfortunately, with Colin. Yeah. Right after Lelouch was like, don't worry, I'll save you. And yeah. she's just like, guess I'll wait then. <laughs> yeah, so he happened to liberate an entire country group of people, but Colin was still in prison. We'll yeah. call it a wash. That's really glanced over, I feel like, in the show. The fact yeah. that Lelouch kind of saved the entire Chinese Federation yep. from their oppressors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Through, like, uploading a video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally. Like, literally, literally, he went up to the Chinese Federation government was like, you cancel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cancel culture is here, boys, and it's taking you out. <laughs> Like, this is, like, huge for him, really, in his goal, because that, oh, yeah. that really proves that he, beyond a shadow of a doubt, can topple governments, and Britannia is just next. Like, they're, they're done for at this point. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the major world powers, right? When they talked about mm -hmm. the major, the three major world powers, well, they only said two, Britannia and the Chinese Federation. Now, are they well, talking the, about Europe? The EU. Yeah. The they, EU. they didn't actually and say the EU, all, but we all know. At this point, we all know how floppy the EU is, so it's not like they're anything to worry about. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're garbage, you know. <clears throat> yep. But, um, yeah. So, so I was really impressed with Lelouch and everything that he did there. And did some cool things. Uh... It was a really cool moment when uh, A leaves the battlefield to go and shield the Empress. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah. And the fact that Lelouch just swoops in, he's just like, he literally said something like, you have all of this uh, like, like honor and this, this feeling of passion and commitment to protect her and honor your word, but you couldn't do it without me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just a great way. I don't know if you want to call it, like, manipulation in a way, but in a way. Pretty much. It is. It is manipulation where he's just trying to tell him, you could not do what you want to do without me. You can't do it. Yeah. Even and though a lot of it was Shinkei's plan in the first place. It's true. It's true. But Lelouch basically just, like, strong arms him to be like, yeah, we're allies now. Deal with it. Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like when Joker's talking to Batman, you, you're not you without me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was a cool moment, and, uh, and it, I, I liked how the way this episode ended, because despite how weird and, and just unnatural the fact that everyone is so okay with uh, Shinkei being with the Empress is uh it was, it was still a good theme the fact that Lelouch contacted shirley and was like what would you do and it's really cute that he did that like yeah yeah that that was cute i i like that a lot 
it, it just shows how much he values her and really does love her. To, to be one of the few people on Earth that he's willing to go to for counsel. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big honor, actually. <clears throat> JC, I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm ready for you to be setting this up right now. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ready. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, Why are you doing this to me? This episode this episode as a whole was interesting because like the Chinese Federation arc is like resolved in the first like twenty five percent of it and the rest of it's just kind of them going to school. Yeah. Yeah, that was really strange. Like that was yeah. It's still a great episode because of like that amazing Shinkiro moment though. Yeah. Yeah, and just the fact that the episode's ending with the fact that we fight with the power of our hearts and that love is the ultimate power. And Lush kind of adopted that philosophy as a motivating factor for how the Black Knights and the USJ would function because of Shirley. Yes, it's pretty cool. Good, good, happy theme to end on. And then, of course, we see uh, Sayuko as Lelouch coming back from the underground bunker. And Sayuko has to, uh, you know, distract Shirley so she doesn't see it right after this phone call. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they, they get more into... The ramifications of what happened there in the next episode, so I don't feel Curtis of Thunder, but uh spicy. And the episode officially ends with uh Anya and the pilot of the Tristan whose name I just cannot remember. Oh, and Gino. Gino, thank you. Uh being students at Astrid all of a sudden, because why not? And I said to myself, Oh man, setting up a school episode. Bring it on. Yeah, another <laughs> school episode. Here we go. But you're so right, Curtis. It is so weird. Like we get like this whole like moment of like the ending of the Chinese Federation arc and like people being liberated and uh Britannia having to back out. This whole thing and then all of a sudden we're at school. And we're at school. Yeah. I will say, like, on this particular rewatch of Kogios. There is a lot less school stuff than I remembered there being. Yeah, which I think is was, a, which is a good thing. This is only like no, the, yeah, I think so. It's only like the fourth school. Yeah, this, yeah, it's only like the third or fourth one where they've been at school, and like pretty much in all of them, like something major still happens with like characters. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never felt like one of them has been like a waste of time. Yeah, it was it almost was it was almost the first festival, almost until Euphemia announced the special zone. I mean, that whole episode was just school fair, and it seemed like, what are we doing here? And then all of a sudden, she announces the the special zone. Yeah. But also, it was just the worst day of Alusha's life, and it was fun to watch. (laughs) This is also true. (laughs) So, yeah, that whole Sayako thing, oh my gosh, left field. I totally forgot about that. I did not remember that. It just, it was just like, what? I was like, did I miss something? Like, who, like, what in the world? Um, but I did have some things to say about this episode. And the first one was, I think, something that Detard said. And he said, the starving masses of this land are the backup we needed. But just talking about, like, 
I guess aligning with the chi- the like the Chinese Federation people, like the people of that group, mm-hmm. and being their liberators in a sense, and using their power. It's like Goku and his fear bomb. You'll lend me your power, kind of deal. So, mm-hmm. um, I really like that. And uh, Schneisel was just repeating something that someone said, but he said nations aren't dirt; they're people. Schneisel's an interesting character. Yeah, like we. Uh... We forgot to mention the chess battle between yes, Lelouch and Schneisel. Oh, because and, like because uh, like it's at that moment that Schneisel realizes that he's Lelouch. Yes, straight up, uh, he does, and then he plays him, plays his own identity against him, yep. because he knew because he moves his king forward as like and Lelouch is like, what in the world? You don't do that because mm-hmm, he knew mm-hmm. that Lelouch would not let him lose like that, like. Mm-hmm. You know? So, too much pride. Yes, way too much pride. Um, and then my last one was a little conversation, a little, I don't know if you call it a flirt, between uh, Lelouch and C2. Uh, but C2 says, the little devil grows up. And Lelouch <laughs> says, and you're still a witch. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's totally been flirting. Uh-huh. So, uh, overall, though, a really good episode, my opinion. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. All right, mm. should we go to Love Attack? Love Attack? Yeah. Love Game? Love Game. <laughs> Creamy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, first point, Sayoko really screwed up by kissing Shirley. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, like, come on, man. Like, and I don't know if it was a Lelouch problem because he didn't properly brief oh. her about like, hey, hey, there's some people you really shouldn't mess with. Now I know what you mean, Curtis. We will get there. When <laughs> get there. I now I know what you mean. Okay, okay, I see it. Uh oh, the pieces are starting to fall into place. So <laughs> Sayoko not only kissed Shirley, yes. but she also asked out a hundred and eight girls. Yeah, what with the heck? on the waiting list. It's like, and I would like to bring up at this point, Sayako is a strange character that is never explained. That's yeah. Fair. Um, so there is one thing that she is working for the, she was hired by the Ashford family. She was Secret yeah. Service, hired by the Ashford yep. family to protect Nonalee. But also kind of a spy for the Chinese Federation. But also a spy. Yes. But then, like, Detard gets with her, and we never see them have a conversation. They, he just kind of mentions her at one point. You're like, yeah. what is going so on? So Detard is the one, I think, who definitely brought her into the fold of the yeah. Black Knights, but I have no idea how it happened or anything like that. He's just like, oh, we have that special weapon. And then they look at Sayako, and I'm just like, why is there just a random person standing there? Like, who is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. So, let's see. Um, so, Lelouch tries to apologize to Shirley for all of this. He's like, yeah, I will definitely explain all this at some point, but not right now. And she's like, um, excuse me? Like, yeah, you are a man-ho. And she's not wrong from her perspective. You can't just be kissing people and then asking out 100 people. So Yeah. Oh. Because you will be uh, getting mono. Yeah. 
Um, another okay. interesting scene for, you know, when the, the press conversations. The what conversation? The conversation she had with the press. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were both in the shower, and, like, surely was not, or, uh, uh, Millie was not doing well. No, she no. wasn't. She was way deep in her mind. Yeah, like, and I wish they had explained that a little bit more. Like, we can infer that she was, like, kind of torn between, like, should I accept, like, this engagement to Lloyd due to obligation to, like, bring my family back, or should I just po- follow my own pursuits and, like, be a weather lady? Yeah. But all of that just happens in the background. Yeah, that's so true. Like, she's carrying on her thoughts from the comment that Nita made at her. But, like, that's totally lost in what's just happened. Like, we totally forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, I think the one problem that kind of emerges with this second season is that there's so many characters that so much character development is done in the background, and we just see the result of it as opposed to how they got there. Yeah, that's true. That does yeah. happen in this, yeah. Like, what the frick happened with Nita? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Just, yeah, I don't know. I I think there were, like, writers or something like that that definitely wrote it in, but there might have been a lot of cutting and editing. Like, there's definitely some YouTube videos dedicated to, like, what caused season two to turn out the way it did. And, like, despite the fact, like, season two obviously is still, like, a banger of a season, Mm -hmm. but uh, there are definitely some more interesting wrinkles. Whereas season one felt like it was carefully crafted and planned out season two is a little rougher yeah but it's still quality content yeah no it's definitely still quality content but there there i feel like there are definitely storylines and i guess it's better than leaving loose ends so there'll be like storylines that they're doing and then all of a sudden you'll find like the other half of that thread you know even if you're at the end of it or whatever yeah, they, they a lot of the storylines feel like the writers are like, oh crap, we gotta like resolve this thing to like yeah. not leave it hanging. But like, oh yeah, uh, this Lloyd Millie thing is weird. Let's uh, just end it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. And a lot of shows do that where they just get so caught up in different storylines that there's yeah. just so many like loose ends, and they they just don't tie them up. So, yeah. I I would rather have what we get here. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, we then get to see a meeting of the royal family, basically all of the second-string royal family, because you have, like, Odysseus, which is, like, the firstborn son, but he kind of is a wet blanket. And then we get to meet Princess Guinevere, who I assume is probably, like, straight-up, like, full sisters with Cornelia, because she looks a lot like her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we never kind of get anything... To confirm that, I'm sure there's background lore that talks about it, but uh, explain the lore in your own freaking show. Fair. Um, so um, we get to meet her. We get to meet some other members that I don't really care about that much. But it is interesting to just see them acknowledged, and you're like, okay, there's a lot of like kids vying for the throne, and they're basically stressed about um, what's going on with all like politics and stuff. And we get to meet Bismarck, who is oh. the knight. Who is the knight of one? And knight there of is a one. Cool looking character. Yeah, he's got his like eye. It looks like it's stapled shut or sewn shut. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and he and he's talking to King Chuck himself, King Charles Chuck. Z. Britannia. Daddy C. And uh, Daddy C. says war has been historically an action undertaken by idiots. Mm. And you're like, huh? This seems to be this seems to run counter to your whole fascist campaign that you were on later in earlier well, in the season. Well, war would war is like clashing of ideals he believes that yeah. nobody should have clashing ideals with him that everyone should submit so makes sense that he would say such a thing well yeah but i, I do think that to a certain degree it kind of uh, alludes to the fact that he's more disconnected from like the britannian political machine yeah. than we originally might have thought yeah absolutely mm -hmm. he's like I'm, yeah he's like yeah i mean war is for like basically small-minded people or he could have just been a dig at lelouch that too. Um, so then we cut and find out that Cornelia is hunting down Geos to clear her sister's name. Cool little subplot. Yeah. Um, good to see Cornelia again. She's not dead. <laughs> um, yeah, she's not. She's alive and well. Yeah. Let's freaking go, man. Yeah. She, she's looking fire with her, her like. Love the outfit. Ten yeah. out of ten. Yeah, and just yeah, she she made a she looks positively stately. Yeah, yeah, I love that both her and Orange Boy just went through like these transformations, glow mm -hmm. ups, and they almost have similar attitudes too, right? Where they're just yeah. very much on a mission, and that's it. Nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. Um, they're like she's not trying to be this, you know, viceroy like she was before, where she has to think about the consequences of her actions and how it regards to the Britannian people. And all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Probably has a weight lifted off her shoulders. I mean, this is fair. So then um, we kind of get to the main plot point of the show, or the of the arc, or of the episode, right? Sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and basically, Millie's gonna graduate, so she wants to have a big old love game. Oh man, yeah. And she does. Uh, if Basically, uh, male and female students wear these little hats, and if they steal someone else's hat, then they are together or something. She got no boundaries when it comes to dating. Yeah. Like... No, she has no chill, <laughs> and so we get a lot of hijinks that ensue, um, one of which is that um, the original plan is for uh, Valetta to steal Lelouch's hat, yeah. and she says, won't that invite weird misunderstandings? <laughs> yes, yes, it will. Look at you, Valetta. Think it. <laughs> Think it through here. Yep. But then the uh, then the idea came around, you know, for for Shirley. Yep. And Shirley has an interesting quote. She's like, "Yeah, um, basically, Lush is all messed up, but it's up to me to salvage you." That's heavy. Oh hmm. man. That's real heavy. Oh um, man. But. Just as soon as, like, uh, Millie's like, all right, game on. Uh, Rolo activates his Geos and saves Lelouch, so that's fun. <laughs> it was hilarious uh, when that girl just ran into the locker face yeah. first. Like, she <laughs> got annihilated. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that wasn't the funniest yeah. part of the episode, though. <laughs> there is another part. I'll drink that. We got we get a cutback to uh, Bartley, who's like the who was the former like lead science guy, and uh, he seems to know some bad stuff. 
that's that's uh, cooking in the empire. And there's a lot of like uh, like vague, ominous like talk going on with him. And uh, we'll just leave it at that for now, because like it's something to do with Gios, something to do with like what's really going on with the Britannians. And he's like, I don't want any part of this anymore, because this is too intense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, small note: Anya starts creating chaos because her and Gino go to school there now for some reason. You're like the writer's like, well, we had to do something with it. Yeah. Um. Shirley then tracks down the real Lush, and she says she wants to make Lush fall in love with her for real. Oh, and you're like, man. dang, oh frick. Oh, I thought it was the most adorable thing ever. Uh, where like the, the the alone time that they had, you yeah. know, it was and, just like, Lelouch cracked a little bit. He did like that. That was like the the human, like, you know, teenage boy that was still yeah. well, he's eighteen now, I guess. You know, the young guy <laughs> who still wants to love and be loved, and Shirley's definitely at the top of that list. We all know it. So it's just she like he was letting his warm. guard down. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And then we find out that this was all Millie's attempt to ship them specifically. And you're like, oh. Yeah. All right. All right, I, I don't think Millie's it was okay. the best way to do it because he had to do a crap ton of things to actually yeah. get it happen. <laughs> so. But it was effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, Millie's grown on me a lot. I really like where yeah. this is going. They they are adding some depth to her because I don't think we were pro Millie early in the show. Uh, I mean, I was very pro Millie. Well, JC, yeah, JC, she was number one for you, right at the beginning. She was number you... five. Oh. She, was, she was top five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the chase scene was kind of fun and whatever, and I yeah. thought it was the funniest thing ever when there was like, <laughs> like five hundred horses that were running in the background. <laughs> they no. just kept going. There is more horses. I was like, how many horses are there just roaming the street or roaming this campus, literally just running around? I thought that was the funniest freaking thing. This <laughs> campus is preppy. <laughs> just a bunch of horses <laughs> that's something you'd see on family guy or something just like it's ridiculous <laughs> so then we find out that millie got that job mm. good for her she broke off the engagement with lloyd and then lloyd was just cackling because he is chaotic and we love him just like my betrothed <laughs> yeah yep. um and then the episode ends with Shirley's Gios getting straight up canceled. And you're like, oh no, this ain't good, fam. No, nope. it's not. Why? Because she's already starting to have like some like existential problems with like falling in love with Belouche like organically all over again. And now you have this to compound on top of everything. Yeah, why? 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 Nope. Nope. I'm already done. I'm already done. I'm done with this episode. Of Florida Caves. I don't want to... (laughs) Nope. Josh is like, we can't 
we can't talk about. We can't the move forward. Nope. Curtis, you were there when I experienced this for the first time. I was indeed. And it was not good. This one, this one hit hard. Did Josh react a lot more than I did? Hmm. I would say I felt a little bit of a stronger emotional response because, like, Shirley was Josh's person. Yes. Mm. Yes. During the he first really, watch, Shirley was, was rooting fine. for her. Yep. He was rooting for her in the luge part. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, wait until we get to that episode. Because I remember, I remember so strongly how after the Yuffie thing, you were like, oh, yeah. This is just the beginning. There's a lot more. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then we finally got here and I was like, oh, this is what he meant. And yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Oh. 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 Darkness. Oh. All right, let's 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 bust into this episode. I have a few notes for this one, boy. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Before we bust into episode 13, which is uh, an absolute heartbreaker, um, one last thing about um, Millie. When she was doing the weather report, um, she said, like, or she at least thought or said, she said, you see, Nina, I'm trying to show you who I really am. Hmm. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good continuation. Okay. It was yeah, just a great moment to show that she, you know, like Millie has depth. And Summer. at this moment, JC, it is acceptable for Millie to be in your top five. <laughs> we will accept. Um, um, I think it was always acceptable, Josh. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but now episode thirteen. Assassin. <laughs> From the past. Did, I realize this is your episode, Curtis. You might have picked up on it. Did we get a new intro at this moment? Uh, let us talk about that. Oh, okay. Okay, so I was right. My, we did. <laughs> that is my second point. But my oh. first point is uh, there is... So, you know it's getting serious when there's no C2 recap at the beginning? Because mm. they just don't have time for it. Yeah. We got to get right into the crazy stuff. And we start off with Shirley dreaming. First off, Valletta getting wild about like, hey, so you shot me and uh, you're a bad person for that. Yeah. And then her like running through the hallway and being and like seeing everybody's masks dropping. What a nightmare. And what a nightmare. It's like, ooh, like you can't trust anybody, like you've been lied to this entire time. And uh, it's time to have a meltdown. So then we get a new opening theme, boys. And let me tell you, I'm, a, I'm about to smack down the official Code Geass. Court of Capes sanctioned mm. OP rankings because I there is zero chance you all would see it. <laughs> zero chance. All right, coming in at number four, we have theme number two. Terror okay. Trouble. Gosh. Okay. Like, nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, real bad. Coming in at number three, we have theme number three. Yep. It's okay, but none of us ever remember it. Nope. Um, and uh, coming in at number two, we have this theme. Pretty yep. good. Yeah, this theme was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. I'd give it like an 8.2 out of 10. 
I can vibe with that. I can vibe with that. Maybe yeah. just a solid eight, but I can vibe with that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And we we also have a, like twelve more episodes to like enjoy it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to yeah, um, listen to it yeah. again. Oh yeah, same. And then of course, colors is number one because that song oh. is a bop. Yeah. Firm nine out of, nine out of ten. So yeah, did you all have any other thoughts about the opening theme? Uh, no, I just was, at first I just wrote new intro, question mark, because I was like, <laughs> wait, I don't remember this, but have I just been missing something? So I was right. And I like it. I do. I like it. Good, good theme. Jason? I, I'm in complete agreement with everything you said. We, we finally We finally <laughs> agree on music. Yeah, it, it took a while. <laughs> and I mean, at least we all agreed that Overlord has bangers. It's just a matter of how we arrange them. True. Okay, so um, going back, um, we get to see this funny little screen of like a bunch of like the Black Knights members' like stats for like how much Lelouch values them, and most of them are like one to three hundred, and then Tomaki's down there at a fat forty, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Lelouch is tearing up China. Yes. He's basically slowly conquering it with the help of Shinke. And you're like, dang, things are moving fast. He's, uh, he's getting some, he's stacking some dubs. Like, just wait until he gets to the NBA Finals with, uh, King Cho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait. And let's just say, King Chuck can't take Mr. Lelouch in the paint. <laughs> no, he can not. Which is hilarious because, like, when you say King Chuck, I think of Charles Barkley, also there you go. called Chuck, and he was <laughs> kind of dominant in the paint. But he... <laughs> so <laughs> this analogy but is working. Match, but, you, but you match him up against <laughs> Mr. Shaquille O'Neal, Lelouch <laughs> himself. We got and another. Nobody. There ain't nobody stepping to him in the paint. That's right. You know it. Absolute beast. Where is all this basketball coming from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I love that Curtis is bringing this up. single wrong basketball take in the history of this podcast. <laughs> what? It has all been oh, surprisingly accurate. This is great. Did you suddenly get into basketball? No, not really. What is going on? I'll never tell. Anyway, powering forward, um, pun very much intended, Josh. Mm-hmm. That was a good Gosh. one. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you need... Um, Shirley <laughs> uh, can't tell fact from fiction. She's basically having like a bunch of nervous breakdowns, like seeing people with masks, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. What are the lies? What is the truth? Yeah, mm. but then Jeremiah Gottwald struts up to campus and starts heading towards Lelouch's hideout, his hidey hole, and uh, he is not going to be denied. Um, the we cut away to Cornelia researching about like what um, King Chuck and company actually want to do, and they want to kill God, literally. But not in the sense of like a uh, bearded dude who lives in the sky. More of a sense of that which causes people to fight and to struggle. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, the force like they behind are, that. Yeah, their their source of commitments, devotion. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut back to Jeremiah, um, going up against Sayako, and she stands no chance, because he's made of metal. He's a machine. And he slashes her, and then Valetta comes up, and she's like, Jeremiah, you're alive! Lelouch is over there! And you're like, oh no, she just betrayed Lelouch. Uh, more on that in a second. Shirley is hanging out with Suzaku and Lelouch because she initially was like, I gotta call Suzaku because, like, Lelouch is a war criminal. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, well, you know, Lelouch has been really nice to me lately, so <laughs> maybe I will rat him out. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we might be doing some simping over here. Yeah, that's uh, right. Like, Shirley's like, Shirley's like, hey, uh, Suzaku, uh, you want to come to Atlanta to hang out? And maybe see a little bit of Lelouch from you? No! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> JC does not approve. Uh, moving on from that. Um, we uh, find out that, oh, never mind, Valetta is still on Lelouch's side. So she's like, all right, everybody contact Lelouch, tell him that uh, Orange Boy is coming. Shirley continues to just crack under the pressure, um, and uh, she accidentally falls off of a building. Yeah. And Lush goes after her, and Suzaku grabs him, because he can't let Shirley die. And Lelouch says, stop it, I can't lose you. Yeah. And all of his facial expressions change, and she can see that he's being very genuine. Mm-hmm. And then we have this really impactful, albeit short, conversation between Shirley and Suzaku afterwards, where she's like, hey, are you and Lelouch still close friends? And he's like, well, we were. And she's like, she says something to the effect of, if, you, if you're not willing to forgive him, it's because you've chosen not to forgive him. Mm-hmm. And that's really profound because obviously she knows that he killed her father yeah straight up so like she can empathize with suzaku in a way few can in regards to feelings about lelouch Mm -hmm. and while suzaku doesn't simp over lelouch well depending on what corner of the internet you ask um he does really care about him as a friend still and so seeing like their two like paths up to this point was tragic but also really like rich mm-hmm. um so then shirley decides to run interference for lelouch she's like hey so uh, suzaku let's go hang out or whatever because lelouch gets called because orange boy fell um, she surely admits that she loves Lelouch to Suzaku. Yep. Um, they continue that conversation we talked about earlier. Um, then we find out that Rolo is coming to save Lelouch. We haven't heard much from Rolo in this patch. No, it's been we kind of just chilling. We it's see, been kind of uh, nice, to be honest. Yeah, hey. we see. Hey, hey. I thought we all came out as YOLO for Rolo last. Well, it was YOLO for Rolo for me, and I think it was a different one for JC. 
What was I it? was I was somewhere in between. <laughs> oh, oh. It was it was YOLO for Rollo and Prolo for Rollo. Prolo for Rollo. Yes. Yes. And I regret that. <laughs> well, we have hey, a discussion we, about we, it. We'll talk yeah. about it. We'll talk about it when we talk about it. I knew there was a um, reason I had strong feelings. I didn't remember why. <laughs> Wait, you didn't remember that like he knifed Shirley? <laughs> yeah, I that's what I was talking about, JC. I mean, Curtis at the very beginning. That is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, so JC got to <laughs> actually like, li like re-experience it. Borderline cartoonish. <laughs> I honestly think it was so traumatic that I just wiped it from my memory. No, that's fair. I mean, uh, I mean, this scene was something else. Josh heard my wails as I got on the Zoom call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My grandma heard mine. I was like, no! <laughs> ooh, Stop! Ooh. All right, let's, let's set up the scene. Okay. So Rolo is coming to save Lelouch. Lelouch meets up with Jeremiah, and he activates a Gethion Disturber because he theorized that um, Orange Boy's prosthetics were being powered by Securidite, which gets canceled by Gethion Disturber. And he's right. And despite that, Jeremiah keeps on trucking. Yes. Through sheer because will sheer willpower. Sheer willpower and loyalty. Loyalty. Like, we're talking about some, like, the bus action in Super Bowl. I think it was 40. Was it 40? What was the Steelers Seahawks Super Bowl? Was that 40? Was that 40? Uh, um, no, I think that was 40. It was the 40 first. Years. I was actually the first one I yeah, ever saw. I think it was 40. Yeah, um, XL for yeah, yeah. He is much like he's much like the butts of Steelers Bank. Oof. Because uh he yes. just keeps on running. He just kept and going. Oil is pouring out of his eyes as he's like about to die. He's like, Yeah, I'm about to die. But uh at the last moment, Lelouch explains that he is Lelouch V. Britannia, the yes. son of Lady Marianne. Yes. And Jeremiah's whole motivation for his loyalty was to make right on the fact that he blames himself for Lady Marianne's death. Yep. Up it, to the point where he flips and immediately starts calling Lelouch my prince and saying, yes, your majesty. I felt, I felt like uh, it was such a uh, good, it was so well written, the whole transition yeah, and everything, yeah. where it was just like the whole demeanor of that entire scene, which was filled with tension which was filled yeah. with like his absolute willpower to take out Lelouch who like like he only had one glimpse of who Lelouch was but then when he gets a glimpse of the entire picture and all of his motivation his loyalty still tops like everything yeah, it's, but it's then he realizes that he needed to be loyal to Lelouch the son of the woman who he revered most greatly like so and loved yeah so Shirley asks Rolo if he truly loves Lelouch. Oh. And Shirley says, I want to bring all the happiness back to Lelouch's life. 
And Lelouch comes back from dealing with Jeremiah and sees Shirley lying on the ground in a pool of blood. And he and he and he bends down to talk to her and she says, I simply couldn't hate you. I kept falling in love with you over and over again. <laughs> and as I'm reborn again and again, I won't be able to stop myself from loving you. So which is stronger? Euphemia or Suzaku's right, love for right. you. Oh. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let let's finish this out. Real quick. Okay. He then command gives her a very similar command that he gave Suzaku. to Suzaku. Yes. And he says, "You can't die, but not even Eos can evade." And she dies, and Lelouch utters one of the most memorable blood-curdling screams that I've ever seen in any piece of movie. Yeah. And the episode ends with a new outro that is my personal favorite, favorite outro in the series. Oh, I didn't even listen to the outro. When it was done, I came I would it. highly recommend it, because it bops, and the imagery is 10 out of 10. Because okay. we return to like the painting like motif that is in all the outros, but like there's this one still of Shirley as an angel, mm. like reaching down to Lelouch, and you're like, oh, freaking gosh, no, ooh, it's definitely worth a watch slash listen. Absolute banger out of song. Um, but yeah, that uh, that is uh, one of the uh, top your episodes of show we have seen on this fine podcast yeah uh, thank you for breaking me again Curtis you're very very well my, my, my heart is in pain and pieces all because you said Nanali's name all because Rolo's a little jealous punk alright alright so um, let's open up the old conspiracy theory books here. Okay, I, I, I so, okay, yeah, we can go into the this. Actual, what led to Shirley's death? We're um, gonna go way back to there, aren't we? It's some factors play into it here <laughs> because if you're gonna say that a hundred percent of it falls on Rolo, I would have to disagree with you there, fam. <laughs> there right. is a lot of events that led up to this point right here. Yes, and there are. Three additional actors in play that are that also contribute to the reason that Shirley is dead in the ground. <laughs> hey, excuse me. <laughs> First off, we got Saito. Yes, because while she did not restore Shirley's memories, she nonetheless further complicated everything by straight up kissing her as Lelouch. Yes. Which, when her memories were restored by the second actor, Jeremiah, that is what led her to her eventual spiral. Hey, Jeremiah's innocent. Let's not go there. I mean, Jeremiah is just as culpable as Rolo. <laughs> what? 
straight up, if her Gios was not canceled, she would be alive. If straight up. Rolo hadn't stabbed her, she would be alive. Exactly. Equal culpability. All right, let's continue <laughs> in the third act. If, if, if Lelouch had never murdered her father, she would be alive. If, Absolutely. If Charles totally had never agree. moved to conceive Lelouch, we could take this back forever. Straight up, everybody's culpable. Oh, so the whatever. Third, the third actor in this is that Suzaku's attention gets drawn away from protecting her and he's not there at the end yeah that's true so there there is a complex web of things that went wrong and i think that's what makes the writing in this episode so incredibly strong is because in any good tragedy there's a sequence of things where you're like, if just one of these things happened differently, and like you're rooting for it to happen differently this time because it's an amazing tragedy. Every time you're like, please just let one of these things break right for Shirley. But that, but it doesn't, and she dies. There was always like one step forward for her, and then like three steps back every yep. time. Every so time. yes, my assertion that Psycho killed Shirley was bait. Yes, but I got but where you were going. It is it. not without truth. I appreciate your argument. So therefore, uh, we can't just throw the weight of all of this exclusively on Rolo's tiny little shoes. Mm-hmm. But I will I will grant I will grant a a a temporary freeze on the YOLO for Rolo campaign until the next batch of episodes. Oh, okay. Well, grand- I don't I I honestly is- don't think it's going to uh, like, you know, that that it's <laughs> going to be said again cuz <laughs> I mean, I I knew what was gonna happen and stuff like that, but I was just being Yolo Ferolo at the time. But <laughs> oh, yeah, this, absolutely, and, but you understood the assignment. Yeah, yeah, but this 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 does not like, and I feel like you were saying you were coming around for Rolo, right? Like, but in the moment, <laughs> yeah, it. Tr- I'm like Yolo Ferolo can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, um, it, well, it could mean it could mean that you're like pro Rolo, pro Loco Rolo, or it could just mean that you think he's an interesting, good character. Yeah, well, which you is know, not something I did not feel either way the first time I watched Third Geos. Rolo maybe got one life, but Shirley ain't got one anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, Ro- I almost just hung up because of you saying that. <laughs> Rolo, Rolo can go die in a hole. It is just okay. Wait, you you, you, you want me back? Can die in a holo? <laughs> okay, let's, let's tweet it. <laughs> that's exactly. I'll be here all night. That's exactly uh, what uh, I'm saying, man. That's exactly. This, this is the content I'm here for. This is it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, bro. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Rolo. Rolo's done. He's dead. He he is just gone. Nope. Yeah. In his just I, I utter jealousy of Natalie because he was Natalie's replacement and he took that to mind, heart, body, and soul. So. Ugh. Too good. Ugh. All right. P- 
quick spoiler alert for our audience. So mm -hmm. skip ahead like 10, 15 seconds if you don't want to be spoiled. But, uh, you know, Rolo dies, and uh, I hope he <laughs> dies in the next episode. I don't remember when, but <laughs> it can't happen soon enough. No, it, it really can't. Like, I don't know when he's going to die, but JC's coming to get you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, reliving um, Shirley's death, I... I mean, I don't know how it felt for you guys, but it hit harder this time. Oh, it, it hit really, really hard. Still, yeah. like, I was still, like, on the cusp of tears when I watched it. It was, it was, it, it hurt a lot just to see it again. And, like, just, like, when he was, you know, commanding her to, like, to live and just mm -hmm. more, more blood came out, like, right when he uh -huh. did that. Yeah. Her body was, like, trying, and I don't know how it was trying, but is doing something but she seemed like okay with it like and kind of a little theory that i came up with this time around was her whole speech about being reborn was the closest that the geos could come to interpreting the command yeah because she was going to die regardless so the geos caused her to say i will be reborn and still love you and still live or there's a possibility, like the theory that's going around that we've kind of talked about in general, that love triumphs the kiosk. This is fair. This is fair. That was the theme of Akito, and it seemed with Euphemia, like her love right there almost just try like broke kiosk at the same time too. So I think that might still be standing. But yeah, so uh, now Lelouch has nobody loves him. I mean, he's got, you know, I guess C2 and Colin, whatever, but <laughs> it's, whatever. it's just not the same. And um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's going to have a ton of hate. Um, all right. So a uh, question for you all. Yeah. Is this episode currently your second favorite EOS episode? I believe so. I can't think of anything else that would top it besides, uh, you know, one of the two episodes from the uh, Yuffie arc. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I would say so. They were definitely some things. Um, I, I always tried comparing the two episodes when I would always think about them. The Yuffie episode versus this episode. And I feel like they both hit really hard, of course. But it's almost like they're just kind of approaching... Like, there are two different things going on. Or two different reactions, per se. The Yuffie episode, your jaw is on the ground. And you're like, no, yeah. no, no, no. You know, it's just like absolute... Just um, yeah. surprise, terror, like, what in the world. This episode, you just want to, like cry you're like why is this happening please don't please don't die like it, it yeah, was just... and it's on a lot more of a personal scale too because there's no political element to yes it. yeah so it's not like he can pivot and you know like how he had to do before this is very yeah. very very personal and it's felt in that on that level for lelouch and they were setting it up the entire time this is but this is like many episodes of build-up, right? The relationship between them two and everything that's happened. And as she said, you know, even though she learned twice 
like and relearned that he killed uh, her father and like what he did, she still loved him. Yep. And it just it hit on another level. But yeah, I I'd probably put this at number two. But honestly, sometimes when I think about it, it could be number one depending on how I'm feeling. Mm. I mean, you're comparing two ten out of ten episodes, so that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shall we rank? Uh, not yet, not yet. I told you at the very beginning the like in terms of characters, standout characters oh, yeah. in this batch, and so <clears throat> JC was trying to like you know like hey you know like don't let me let me spoil you know what you were mm. talking about you know there Josh. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Jeremiah actually was number two for me in this batch. Ooh, nice. Number one, the character that really stood out to me the most, that I absolutely loved, and it's like, I want to see so much more of this character throughout the entire show, is Shinke. Yep. Shinke was just the guy for me on so many levels. And he's just so dope. He's an amazing fighter. The the props that, that Luce gave him of being a tactician and a fighter at the same time, um, how dedicated he was to saving the Empress, and his—I mean, he just looks dope too. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, he just looks so freaking dope. He's—he's he's like, uh, what's that guy from Aikido? Um, Shane. I wouldn't know. What was his oh, name? What was his yeah, name? Yeah. The. I know who you're talking about. Dang it! With the worst freaking nightmare in the world is the ugliest nightmare. Oh, the centaur. Yeah, 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 it was so bad. It was so bad. But anyways, he kind of would look like it looks like him, but like it's like I don't know. Shin Kei's just the guy. He really is. I love his sword. And when he killed that um Chinese Federation guy, I forgot his name, who was under Gios. I mean, his weapon that he used was so cool. It was like a mixture between like Morningstar and Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just say, I mean, I still think the Morningstar is the coolest weapon, like whatever. Um, but we haven't seen that in the court, so it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Imagine for a second if instead of a Keto, we got a Shin K spinoff. Right? Ah, oh, I could do a Shin K spinoff anywhere. Later in life, way earlier in life, however mm. it is, the guy is freaking awesome. So for me, in this batch, he was my standout character. That was the man. That was the guy. Yeah. I mean, he's probably, you know, just for this batch, not thinking about the future, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah for this batch, he was a... a yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Wildly amazing. I'm in agreement. But yeah, now we can rank this episode. All right. Um. Shoot. Okay. Well, we all what number we we know what number one is. Like. Do. Do. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Do you want me to just go ahead? I feel like I haven't gone first in a while. Okay. Go right ahead. Okay. At the very bottom, I have love attack. Yeah. I feel like that's gonna be a common thread. No explanation needed. Up from there, we have five. Okay, not five. We have four that I think are very close. Yeah. And I, and I feel like I feel like that's going to be, of course, where some disagreement could happen, because there's just 
it just honestly I feel like depends on which moment, like which amazing moment hit you harder. Yeah, and I think that this this was a marked step up from the first batch of season two, like quality wise. Oh, like oh, this batch, oh, this batch so is much. really good. So much. We have we have six bangers essentially, in my opinion. Like yeah, like, like love, love Attack is still a really good episode. Like like I'm sure that this is like top ten batches of Court of Capes history. I think that's fair statement. Yeah, I think. <laughs> like it might not be top five, but it, it's top ten. I think. For sure, for sure. So, and like that, and that's me saying that with like Transformers Prime and Kim Possible having great batches for me. There so we I'm, go. So I mean, that's saying a lot. So, so yeah. So for me, I put One Million Miracles at number five. Interesting. Because I I really like the uh, We Are All Zero moment. And, and there were some cool things, but overall, I don't think the episode hit as hard as some of the others. Right up from that, I have A Bride in the Forbidden Vermilion City. Like, the chess scene was amazing. There were some other cool moments. But overall, uh, the other two episodes just were a little bit more for me. Uh, from there, number three, when Shin Hu wins glory. Oh, that's number so three. Good. So good. But I put Power of Passion number two because, because that's like the conclusion of, of that little arc. And we get to see the new really cool nightmare. We get to see uh, some really cool moments with Shen Kei and allying with Lelouch and and the Shirley kiss. And and and, and, and then we fight with the power of our hearts. And there's just so much going on. So I had to put it there, and of course, Assassin from the Past, number one. Not too shabby of a list, good sir. No, thank you. Okay. Who's next? I will go. Okay. All right, at the bottom I have Love Attack. Yes, sir. For obvious reasons. Um, just didn't have any, like, shocking reveals like everyone said. Um, at number five, I have a bride in the, Verbi in the Forbidden Vermilion City. Solid episode. Um, the child bride stuff was weird, though. Yes, yep. it was. Um, number four, I have Win Shen Hu Wins Glory. Mm -hmm. A solid episode. Great nightmare reveal. Um, but it was definitely, like, the middle episode where, like, nothing was, like, resolved yet. So it was definitely, like, some more rising action. Number three, I have The Power of Passion. Excellent conclusion to the arc in the Chinese Federation. But, like, the last, like, half of it was a completely different storyline. So I do Fair deduct much. it, like, half of a point for that. And then number two, I have One Million Miracles because I really am partial to the, uh, to the One Million Zero solution. I think it's really cool. Mm. And it's great to see, like, Suzaku's conflicting emotions throughout mm. that process. Mm. Uh, and to see, like, the the conclusion of, like, um, Lelouch's, like, grief about Yuffie, which is great with the candles. Love that a lot. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that Josh didn't see. <laughs> and, uh, of course, number one by, like, 70 miles is Assassin's Creed Pets. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's get it on. Chris, I think our list is very similar. I, I was kind of like listening, but I was also writing my numbers. Um, so it could actually be the exact same. Uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Okay, number six, uh, Love Attacks. You know. It is, love it is what it is. It is what it is. Number five, A Bride in the Vermilion Forbidden City. Number four, Shen win Shen who wins glory. So I did like really love this episode. I love the thing, um, like the quote that like the goodest tactician as I am and a better word than Suzaku. I thought that was super dope. Mm -hmm. um, Shinke definitely like dominated this episode and I I loved it. But there were like Shinke doesn't come to like the last bit or like the last half and then it's like. All him. So then, uh, leads into. But I have one million miracles at number three, and I also uh, just agreed. barely. Yeah, <laughs> I. But I still like believe that that moment right there with all the zeros was huge for mm -hmm. me as well. Just like, oh I, yeah. As I said, it was like one of the most like uplifting things I've ever gen like seen zero do. Where like he banded all this group, like this group of people together and they united as one. I mean, in a way we looked into the face of the nation of Japan and saw mm. zero. Dang. Yeah. And oh. the power of passion at number two. Nice. And number one, assassin of the past from the past. But yeah, I like that. We at least had the same top two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, buddy. And yeah, Assassin of the Past, or from the past, is definitely going to be the one. It is in contention. All right. How many episodes do we have next, Chris? We got six. And I got the titles one, right. Two, three, four, five, six. All right. I pick first, right? Nope. It's me. Dang it! Josh, Josh you get to pick. First on the last fact. I know, the last fact. Oh, yeah. I just have oh. one in mind that I really want. <laughs> hmm. All right, Curtis. All right, let's roll them out. All right, first one, Gios Hunt. Then the Seas World. Then the United Federation of Nations Resolution Number 1. All right. Then the Taste of Humiliation. Final Battle, Tokyo 2. And then the final episode, Betrayal. Alright, JC, yeah. you're up. So I have no idea about what's happening in these episodes. So I will choose the one that speaks to me the most as uh, someone who's had to sit in a lot of board meetings. <laughs> I want to take I want to take United Federation of Nations resolution number one. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm next, right? Yes. Yes. So I will take final battle Tokyo two. Mm, interesting. I will take Gios Hunt. I will take betrayal. Dang it! All right. I I, I couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take a taste of humiliation. And that leaves me with my second choice, The Seas World. The Seas, the seas World. It sounds like a freaking... A, it's like, welcome a to very <laughs> peaceful draft, all things considered. Mm -hmm. That was pretty peaceful. 
Yeah, it was. Um, wait. Only one, dang it, was, was declared. <laughs> Just wait till the last batch. <laughs> we going to war. Let's go to war. Man, we only have two batches left. Kogios, how are we feeling? Hyped. What do you mean? Oh, you mean, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. To discuss this one and the next one. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our thoughts on <clears throat> Season 2, Episodes 8 through 13 of Code Geass, another absolute heartbreak. Just They, they just don't want us to be happy. They really don't. Not at all. You know, it's much like the first NBA Finals game between the uh, Warriors and the Cavs. When, you know, LeBron James, despite... His best efforts was not victorious against Stephon Curry. <laughs> Depending because, on... as Josh knows, when Steph Curry gets on, he be dropping them threes like yes. nobody's business. Speaking of which, actually, the Warriors just beat the Lakers in their second playoff game. Oh, no frick! <laughs> uh, yeah, so little little bit of an interesting addition right there. But yes. Stay, stay tuned next week to hear JC's thoughts on if James Harden is doing enough. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. This, this is absolutely fantastic. Anyways, yes, catch us next time when we discuss this next batch of episodes, the one before the last of Code Geass, one of our favorite animes of all time. Love discussing it. We really get into some in-depth stuff. Uh, you can find us, The Court of Capes, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, and other podcast services. We also have some content up on YouTube. Do not forget to click like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Get us out there, fam. Get us out there. And um, do you guys have any parting words before we sign off? May the power of love be your motivating factor, too. Hmm. It wasn't all Rolo's fault. Ah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, love you all, and thank you for listening. Love does triumph all. Unless you mm. did. Unless you did. All right. Unless you did. <laughs> rest in peace, Shirley. Rest in peace. Sweetest baby girl. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Love you guys. Peace out.